When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a New England man recounts a lifetime of wonderful serendipity and curious cosmic coincidences. So I already thought it was a miracle that I won the tickets in the first place. Now you're telling me there's going to be a full lunar eclipse outside during the concert? If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, Go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Joe Lorendo, the author of Cosmic Coincidences, is here. Before we get to his remarkable and enchanting story, just a reminder, my brand new radio program, The Richard Serrett Show, can be heard weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on News Talk Saga 960 AM. News Talk Saga, S-A-U-G-A, 960 AM. In the greater Toronto area, you can stream it live at saga960am.ca. And again, Saga, as in Mississauga, is spelled S-A-U-G-A, saga960am.ca. What do rock concerts and full moons and meteor showers have to do with each other? Why were a series of important national news stories all connected to one town in New England? We're about to embark on a cosmic adventure with a man who's paid attention to the universe and documented a lifetime of curious coincidences. Joe Lorendo, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Richard. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Long-time listener, and I never thought I'd be here. (laughs) So thank you for having me. My pleasure. Cosmic coincidences. Now, some people believe there are no coincidences. One of my favorite topics is serendipity, which is, I guess, another word for coincidence. But I think coincidence is something that many of us just dismiss. But you pay attention. I think these things happen to all of us all the time. The point is, or the the, the difference is, you actually pay attention. You're open to these things. For many people, they just wash right over them. They don't even realize, right? Well, yes and no. Uh, Some of the coincidences, if not mostly all of them, are on a grand scale. So when I get the chance to mention a few of these coincidences, I don't believe that these, these type or the, the scale of a coincidence can happen to too many without that person deciding to document it because it's too fascinating. And many of the coincidences that I write about are a compilation of many coincidences, not just one coincidence. That's true. But they right. seem to take on a large scope, which to me, when I look back at them, said this needs to be written, this needs to be documented, this needs to be shared, because I find it inspirational, almost as if these things were planned to happen. And it would have been a waste for these things to happen if there's some type of cosmic intelligence, cosmic love, 
trying to send a message in some form in, in, of signs, and they get missed. These things would have been a shame to have not been documented. So, as you'll see as we speak, there are some, what I call, some fascinating, unusual um, uh, coincidences, especially with music concerts and stuff. Right, right. Well, and you, as you say, you come from a musical family. Your, your father was quite a musician. He played with, I remember Grandpa Jones from Hee Haw. He played with, with him and in a number of bands. And uh, uh, so it's interesting that a lot of these coincidences involve music. So, um, right. but but if we could, I'd like to start back uh, in when you were living in New Concord, New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, tell me about a series of of well, there were three news stories that happened in the space of just a couple of months, all involving and New New Concord is not a large place, right? What is it? Um, well, it's just Concord, Concord, New Hampshire. Oh, Concord, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, it's the state capital. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not that big. It's not as big as Manchester, so it's not uh, the biggest city. But what 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 I noticed when I first moved up here, and and today in the day that we're living in with all this gun violence, but we take you back to 1985, January. Uh, Bernard Getz, the gun mate, the guy, subway vigilante, he opens fire, shoots, and in, in, in a method of uh, uh, protecting himself or from not being robbed, whatever the story was in New York. And he turned himself in, and of all places, he turned himself in Concord, New Hampshire, the police department, and I believe it was on January 1st. It was on New Year's Day, uh, if I recall correctly. So that story was a big story, and it was nationwide news, huge. Well, you go 12 months down, down the road, and comes December, and there's a high school dropout. Um, his name was Louis Cartier, Jr., and he had dropped out, he was drinking, and he had a gun, and the police were justified. He was in the hallway of the Concord High School, and they shot him, and he died, and, and that was a sad thing, of course. Right. One of the things that I noticed was I started working a new job at the Concord Hospital that day, the same day that that happened. I can't get a, I get a look at my notes because I forget dates. I got so many dates going on. Right. So it's the first week of December, well, second week of December, early December. And um, the the man who was training me for floor maintenance at the Concord ho- uh, Hospital, he said, look outside, there's a hearse outside. And I said, oh, yeah, well, I didn't think nothing of it because it's a hospital. And he said, uh, a young boy, teenager, was shot in the Concord High School. And I thought, well, isn't that strange? Because it's my first day on the job at the Concord Hospital. And something of this magnitude happens at the high school, of course, the the, the student is brought to the hospital um, in order to save his life, and they, of course, he passed. And so that was, you know, a sad story, but I always remembered it easy because it was my first day at the hospital starting a new job, right. which, I didn't, which and, I didn't stay too long in. So not even eight weeks later, uh, Krista McAuliffe from the Concord High School. The teacher, right. First teacher in space and a space shuttle astronaut. Uh, is going in space, and so the whole world and the nation is watching this, and of course we know what happened there, another tragedy. And I told people, I said, isn't that just odd how, you know, you have a student who's shot and killed in the Concord High School, and just not even eight weeks later, uh, we lose a teacher in a tragic and spectacular fashion where all eyes are looking up and you see this tragedy unfold. Well, a lot of people don't know that, you know, I think there were a few reporters that I heard when I watched the news r- remind people that there had been uh, a student shot in high school uh, just a month before, two months before. Hmm. You know, those were just tragedies, like focused on Concord, like something was bringing our attention. You have a teacher and the tragic and the seven astronauts, all of them, uh, tragedy like that. Happening at the school shortly after another, you know, a tragedy involving a student. So here we have a student and a teacher whose lives were lost in different ways. Right. Uh, so close together. So right. close together. Well, the other you know, interesting thing is, as you point out, in cosmic coincidences, that the person who was initially perhaps su- suggested or or chosen to be the first civilian in space, aside from Christy McAuliffe, it was going to be John Denver. 
That's correct. Yeah, it is. And uh, and uh, what a nice person it would have been. And his 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 demise, sadly, uh, was somewhat similar. He was flying. He ended up, you know, in the ocean. I guess off Monterey Bay in California. So it almost seems like his fate was similar. Right. In a way. Yeah. He he was flying and an experimental. Sadly, you know, I mean, he was a man who was a very beautiful musician and and sweet love songs and nature and loved he appreciated the environment and he did a lot to right. bring attention. And he was flying an experimental plane uh, when exactly. he went down. Uh, and we'll, uh, as we'll see, John Denver will resurface in your um, your string of cosmic coincidences. So. Um, we, we, we move ahead to 1989, August of 1989, and you had this thing where you would, there was a, the local uh, radio station, you were constantly calling in and winning tickets to concerts, right? Yeah, I seem to do that really good because I can't afford to go to a lot of the concerts that I'd like to go to, and many times... Is the only chance I have on going is I'm listening to the radio and I hear a promotion. If they're going to be giving away tickets, I certainly make an op- opportunity to try to win tickets. But there have been times where I won tickets where I didn't expect them to be giving away tickets. I just happened to be listening at that particular time. But in, eight, in 1989, the first week of August, the first, second week of August, I'm at my work, which is a part-time dishwasher in a restaurant, and I had the oldies channel on, and they announced the show, Ringo Starr's All-Star Band, coming to Kingston Fairgrounds, New Hampshire, August 16th, with uh, Clarence Clemens, Billy Preston, Levon Helm, uh, uh, Joe Walsh, Clarence Clemens, they say, uh, Dr. John. Rick Danko. Uh, Rick Danko, yeah. So here's a, like a li- and I told my friends, I was so excited, I wanted to buy tickets. I said, this would be a good show to go to, because you get to see seven or eight bands worth of uh, legendary music performing here. This is Almost like a, a mini Woodstock. Exactly, and I even said that to him. And so nobody could go. We couldn't afford tickets. You can't, we didn't have the internet. The, the easiest way to buy tickets, you got to get in the car, drive to a ticket master in another town. Uh, we don't even have the money to buy tickets. Never mind get through all that. So the one night in August, uh, about the 12th, I'm guessing, I hear on, uh, well, before the 12th, I hear they're broadcasting, they're talking about the the Perseid meteor showers, and they're expecting one of the best meteor showers in a long time. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to take the night off of work, and I switched days. I worked Saturday. Somebody could work for me that day, and I'd have that night off to watch meteor showers. And it rained, so I took the night off for nothing. So I went to a friend's house, and they were going out, and they said, you can sit here and watch the Red Sox if you want. I said, sure. And I put the Red Sox, and I put the radio on. And in the background... Um, listen to radio. The, the DJ came on. He said, I got five pairs of tickets to Ringo Starr, whoever once went. I, so I called right away and I won a pair of tickets. So I'm freaking out because this is now, I consider this a miracle because I took the night off to right, watch media right. shows, shooting stars. So instead of seeing shooting stars, I, I win tickets to Ringo Starr and his all-star band. So there's a lot of stars in that. And, and I was telling people that I was shaking when I would tell them that. And then about an hour later, I knew two people that wanted to go. An hour later, they give away another five pair. So I called and I used my friend's name. I know that sounds like it's cheating, but these guys really wanted to go and they didn't have the money. So I won him a pair of tickets. And the following morning, I'm getting up and the morning show was giving away five pairs of tickets. So I called and I said I was one of my friends. And like I said, I feel guilty. That sounds like cheating. But everybody really wanted to go. So I ended up winning three pairs of tickets, two pairs for other people. And I'm shaking, and when I tell people the story about how I took the night off for the shooting stars and won tickets unexpectedly because I didn't know they were giving away tickets. Uh, two days before the show, and we're all excited, I go out to, uh, I'm working dishwasher, I go out and get a paper from the, uh, the vending machine so I could take my break, and on the front page is a big picture of the moon. So I start reading it, and it says, Full Lunar Eclipse, August 16th. And I had to stop him wait a minute, that's the night of the concert. So I already thought it was a miracle that I won the tickets in the first place. Now you're telling me there's going to be a full lunar eclipse outside during the concert? So I start getting even more hyperventilating and shaking, and uh, my heart rate increases. I really do get a little bit when I think of these amounts of, of series of coincidences. So I'm telling all my friends that there's going to be a full eclipse that night. Well, 
and there was, you know, and one of the, my friends said, well, I hope it's not cloudy. And I said, oh, my God, let me go check the weather forecast right now. And it was supposed to be clear, and it was, so it was clear. And on my uh, Facebook page, Cosmic Coincidences, the book, I have the two snippets from the Ringo Starr concert that I happened to get. And Ringo says, Joe told me there's going to be a full lunar eclipse tonight. Uh-huh. So don't worry about don't worry if anything gets weird, he says something like that. But not he wasn't talking about you. No, he wasn't talking about me. But everybody looked at me when he said that. Right, he, he meant he meant Joe Walsh. He meant his bandmate, Joe Walsh. Right, but all my friends looked at me when I said that because I was the one running around telling all them right. there's going to be a full eclipse at the concert. So, I mean, it was just natural for them all to look at me because we knew they weren't talk- he wasn't talking about me, but it was odd. It was r- surreal. I don't know what else to say. So, uh, and then in a little while later, he comes out in between songs, and he says, oh, by the way, uh, today's the 20th anniversary of Woodstock. Let's hear it for Woodstock. And everybody's clapping. You can hear the clip. It's on A Cosmic Coincidence in the book on Facebook. And uh, he said that was in a field also. So here we are under a full lunar eclipse, and everybody's watching it, and we could see the whole crowd would turn Everybody would turn their heads to the left of the stage and look up. You could see the whole crowd looking at the, the moon for long periods of time, and then, you know, they'd go back to the stage, and then we'd listen to a song, and then in between, you could see people's heads moving and looking up at the three-quarters full, uh, full lunar eclipse, and then a full lunar eclipse. So it was super uh, supernatural, as right. all I can say, and I wish I'm still shaking. But, but to add... To add... I've been over years ago. <laughs> to add icing to the uh, cake, then, as you write in Cosmic Coincidences, yeah, Billy Preston more. comes out. Billy Preston sings what? He sings, that's the way God planned it. And he mentioned, he introduced a song. I want to dedicate this song to the full lunar eclipse. And he played, that's the way God planned it. I just happened to watch another concert from that same year from California, Ringo Starr's All-Star Band. And he didn't play that in that particular concert. So I'm almost wondering if this particular concert might have been the only time he played that song in the set. I'm still looking into that. But the other thing was, as I'm still coming down from this load of super big, I mean, it don't get bigger than the moon, it doesn't get bigger than full moon eclipse, it doesn't get bigger than Wolf uh, Woodstock anniversary, is August 16th. It turns out to be the day that Elvis passed away. Mm-hmm. So I take that as another sign. Now, here he is, the king of rock and roll died. Uh, it was 13 years or something, or 17 years, I can't remember exactly. But that's the date that Elvis died. So not only were we celebrating the 20th anniversary of Woodstock with a full-on eclipse, it happens to be the day Elvis died, and he's the king of rock and roll. So the word king is in there. We're in Kingston Fairgrounds hmm. watching, this, watching this spectacle happen, you know. And uh, we found out, I found out later, it was also the date that Babe Ruth died. And then we uh, could shuffle it all the way up to 2018, August 16th, the same day, Aretha Franklin died. Uh-huh. So here we have the same day, you got the Queen of Soul and the King of Rock and Roll. You know, they both die on the same day. But the date is more special to me because of the full on eclipse winning the tickets in the Ringo Starr outdoor concert and him making these references to Woodstock is just unbelievable. Right, right. That's why I say it's not a few coincidences in one coincidence uh, or one story. It's ten of them or more, and and they keep adding up. You know, we all, we keep finding out more about what that date was special. Babe Ruth died on that day, but also 1989 was the year we were celebrating 20 years since the first man on the moon. So now we have this lunar connection of the first man on the moon, 1969, and we're 20 years later, not through the day or anything, but it's there. And there's the connection to the moon is the full lunar eclipse. Right, right. I got one more for you. I got one more for you, Joe, because you you talk about how, you know, in a lunar eclipse, the sun, the earth, and the moon are all lined up, right? Where did exactly. and you talked about the king of rock and roll dying on that day? Where did the king record his early records? Was it Memphis? Sun, uh, Sun, Sun Records. Sun Records. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah. There so, you go. Hey, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it's 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 amazing that um, that when I, when that happened, I remember walking away and I said to people and friends when I tell them the story, there'll never ever be another 
set of coincidences, which I considered a miracle, I say, there's never ever going to be a miracle in my life as big as that. But if you read the book, there's more. Right, right. Then, well, again, it, it, it's almost like WBLM, 102.9 FM in Portland, is like the conduit for all of this. Because, again, you call the radio station, just like you did for the Ringo Starr concert and won tickets. You call that radio station again, and this time you win tickets to Bad Company with the Damn Yankees, right, Ted Nugent? Exactly, yeah, and Tommy Shaw from Sticks, uh, and... Uh, yeah, so it turned out that, you know, I I was just happy that I won tickets. So, because, I, like I said, a dishwasher, minimum wage, part-time, I can't afford to go to concerts. So if they give them away, I happen to be listening, I'll try to win them, and if I do, well, hey. And so this tr- concert turned out to be a string of coincidence it was because it was Bad Company's Holy Water Tour. So they were celebrating or uh, produ- uh, promoting their Holy Water CD, which I liked a lot. It was really good. And then when I look at the calendar and I mark the calendar that I'm going to be going to a concert, it turns out it's going to be a Thursday, March 28th, 1991, I think it is. Like I said, 90 or 91, 91 maybe, 91, whatever. But uh, it's, it, it's Holy Thursday, which is the Last Supper, the Passover, the Last Supper. Right, right. The day before and, Good Friday, which is, you know, the crucifixion, so... Holy so here I am, and with the, with the tickets, the only time I've ever won tickets to a concert before, uh, or at that time, included backstage dinner with the, with the band and crew, I guess. It was something like that that they promoted it. So I realized it's a Last Supper, it's Thursday, Holy Passover, and that's the day of the concert. So I'm going to not only go to this concert, Holy Water Tour, I'm going to get to have dinner backstage with supposedly the band and, and the crew, which is eating food. It's a dinner. It's like a supper. So in that way, it had that connection. It was only, it turned out to be, as I mentioned in the book, a lobster and uh, uh, an ear of corn, which was cold, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> and we got it in a uh, styrofoam takeout uh, container. So it really wasn't as, as exciting as we thought, and the band and the crew weren't really sitting with the winners, but it, it was, you know, hyped up, And but it was still exciting to know that I win these Holy Water concert tickets to see, uh, you know, Bad Company, Damn Yankees, Ted Nugent, and happen to fall on Holy Passover. And we're getting to eat dinner backstage with the band. I got Ted Nugent's autograph. I did get to meet him. I got to shake his hand, and he is a spaz. <laughs> right, uh, right. Talked to him a couple of seconds, and that was enough <laughs> to walk away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, that was, you know, I was still coming down from the Ringo Starr thing. Uh, but the Ringo Starr thing, certainly, uh, the Holy Water Tour doesn't seem to match up. It's, it's another one in that book. It's a religious spiritual, by all means. It's huge. you know. But to think how the moon ended up in that position to be in a full moon eclipse. <laughs> a full moon at that Ringo concert would have been good. A full moon would have been fine, would have been supernatural. But a right, full right. moon eclipse, oh my God. <laughs> it's okay. But I'm sorry if I get back to that. That's okay. Uh, I, I want to talk about uh, the, the birth of your, your son. Uh, yeah, my son, it was 39 when I finally had my first child, so I was moving along in years, and uh, most people have children that are a little bit younger in age. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was my father was 48 when I was born. My mother was uh, 20. Well, my father was 40, 45 when I was born. My mother was 23, so it was a, an age difference. And I grew up old-fashioned. He brought me up almost like a grandpa because of the age difference. But in 1978, this is what starts the book, in 1978, I had my seventh sister born. So in my family, I have eight children, but I'm the only boy. So I had an older sister than me, then six sisters. And so I got seven sisters. And never thought anything about it, but I watched Nova, and I watched shows, anything about space, science, I love those type of shows. So it wasn't, and Jack Hawkeye, a star hustler, used to come on, I don't know if you're familiar with him, no. but he would on PBS and show us what's in the sky for the night. But then I realized the Pleiades was uh, m- the most well-known uh, constellation or star cluster in the sky, and the Pleiades is Greek for the Seven Sisters. Uh-huh. Being that I had these Seven Sisters, how could I not notice that this star constellation from 
Greek mythology and other mythologies, other other civilizations, all seem to have uh, some type of spiritual connection with the Pleiades, as well as Orion's Belt, and, and there are other ones. But the Pleiades is very special because they're so easy to spot, they're so noticeable, they're such a tight cluster. And I've always looked at them long before the Ringo concert, uh, after my sister was born, and when I found out about the Pleiades. So that was another connection that, that's what starts the book. I introduced it out before the Ringo Starr thing happened. But to think that I have seven sisters. Right, right. And there's a constellation called the Seven Sisters. I can't help but get into space and astronomy. But I'm not into astrology, as it really, uh, you know, some people are. I don't know enough about it, and I can't really learn about it. What I've learned is by accident and things that just happen to fall into place without me actually looking for reasons or trying to find coincidences. But, you know, the Seven Sisters kind of started it off. Right, right. People have seven sisters and no brother. There's that old saying, right? I think it's a Gnostic saying, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. So, seven sisters above, seven sisters below. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, but it wasn't an easy... Uh, one of the things I, I wouldn't want people to misunderstand the re- if they read the book is I didn't have an easy life. A lot of it seems like it was funny games, a lot of luck, and boy, you're lucky, Joe. You won tickets to these concerts. But what I didn't put in the book, because this is for reader interest, not a personal memoir as much as it is an inspirational book for people to see maybe signs of God that I thought I've seen. But my life hasn't been very good. I've struggled. I've, I've I've seen one of my chapters, I called it The Twilight Zone, and I compared it to uh, if you felt like you were in a Twilight Zone movie, and I have. But not because of the good things, because everywhere I go, people don't seem to like me. I always seem to, no matter how polite, how nice, how friendly and generous and courteous I am to people, it seems like no matter where I go, people seem to take a general dislike to me. So I've almost become kind of... Uh, a hermit. I stay. I try to mind to myself. I don't know what the world is, uh, an unfriendly place right now, and I think it it's, has been and sad. But uh, I think the book's inspirational, and hopefully, it has an Aquarius, an Aquar- uh, dawning of the age of Aquarius meaning to it. Right, right. Something in it that combines for people to read and understand that these things that I documented, even though they happened to me, they weren't meant for me personally to keep for myself and share with my family because as i documented them more happened so when the book was written it was written in three sections the first section was just for my kids mostly it wasn't meant to be anything really for sale or to try to make money or anything it was just something to pass on to the kids that this is what happened to me so maybe it'll inspire you and it'll give them something hard in their hand that they can show other people when i'm not around when i'm gone More of my conversation with Joe Lorendo when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. I use Life Change Tea from Get The Tea every morning and it's made such a huge difference in my life. Buy a one-year supply of Super Strength Life Change Tea and start feeling rejuvenated right now. Life Change Tea is not the same tea you buy in a store off the shelf. Life Change Tea from Get The Tea has eight powerful herbs blended together to maximize your health. This tea is specially formulated to help cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. The benefits of this product go way beyond what I've listed here. Do your research and start your day with a cool, refreshing 16-ounce glass of Super Strength Life Change Tea. It's non-GMO, organic, caffeine-free, and again, not available in any store. Use the code UNLIMITED and all your orders ship for free. So, go on, get your tea from GetTheTea.com. Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? 
Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Joe Lorendo, the author of Cosmic Coincidences, is here. Let's talk about the birth of your son. Okay. That happened in 2001. Yep. And uh, so there was a bit of a scare with the birth, right? Wasn't it the, the umbilical cord? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What happened there? I was 39, and I hadn't had children. And uh, here I am finally in in a position where it, I was numb. Uh, my wife, uh, we weren't married at the time, but... Uh, we, she was giving birth, and yeah, the uh, vital signs went down, and I saw there was some type of panic in uh, in the staff, the other nurses, and the doctor, and we didn't know what was, and because I freaked out, but he was coming out fine, and the doctor said, "You want to catch your, boy, your 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 baby?" I said, "Sure, how would I do?" So he put my hand where it should be in the head, and really catches back in the final push, and I get to catch my first born son, which was spiritual as uh, as you can believe. When he finally came out, we the doctors noticed there was a knot in the umbilical cord. And it's not as uncommon as people think. I think they said one out of a hundred, which isn't, to me, terribly uncommon, but I no. guess it is. And so, but however, a lot of the times, because of a knot in the umbilical cord, it will cause complications earlier in the pregnancy. So the fact that he made it all the way through with this big knot without it cutting off the vital nutrients, blood circulation, or whatever, uh, he was fine. But that's why the vital signs dropped when uh, he was being born. Right, right. And then a local newspaper, local newspaper heard about it and they wanted to come by and do an interview. So I got a nice picture in there, like a front page of a special section of me holding my son uh, right, and, and it was kind of a double miracle because obviously the birth of a child is always a miracle, but then on top of that, the fact that he came through it okay despite this problem with the umbilical cord, which could have caused serious problems earlier on in the pregnancy and didn't. Now, uh, right. there's also some interesting things going on, the cosmic tumblers at play again with his uh, the time of his birth. Yeah, he was born, uh, I was born, my birthday was February 28th. And my godmother, who was my aunt and my dad's sister, the only living relative in my, on my dad's side that I'd known since birth, uh, her birthday was the day after mine, March 1st. And then my son was born March 2nd. But when the doctor told us his expected delivery date was February 18th, and when he said that uh, his expected delivery date was February 18th, I thought, well, that's the day my grandmother passed away and my uncle passed away. The last two people in my family that passed away, passed away on February 18th. And so this man is telling me, this doctor telling me my son's expected delivery date is February 18th meant a lot to me. And of course, you know, that people don't usually have the baby on the day the doctor says. No, the first one is often late too, right? The first one is often late. so he ran a couple couple weeks late and he he came out uh, on March 2nd. So, uh, after the umbilical cord, I got pictures of that. But anyway, uh, I got to cut the cord, which was supernatural. Uh, uh, it was a lot harder to cut than I thought, because the doctors give you pretty sharp scissors, and you would think, you know, snip, snip. But uh, I like cutting to a tire tube on a bicycle or something. But anyway, um, sorry about that. I don't be too graphic. But uh, So when the nurse looked at the other nurse with a, with a uh, pen, and she had a clipboard in her hand, she said, oh, what time was, was he born? And then the nurse looked up and she said, oh, 218. So mm-hmm. he was born at 218 in the afternoon. It was 218. And I thought, well, that's the doctor said he was going to be born on 218. Meaning February, well, he said February 18th. But the way she said 218, right. <laughs> it stuck out. At, I said, wow, that's that's kind of a neat little coincidence. You know, um, Some people call them God winks. There's an author out there with books called God winks. And they specialize in stories like that where God winks at you. But like I said, with the stuff that's happened to me that I documented, these are more than a wink <laughs> with, you know, some of the, some of the dates and things happen. Uh, right. So the day that you, so you went home and then you came back, obviously, to take uh, your yes. the mama and the, and the baby home. Yeah, and, and uh, I like John Denver. I like his music. And, you know, um, I put John Denver in and I 
put sunshine on my shoulders as a sweet, nice song for my firstborn child to hear on his way home. I didn't want to use the radio. I didn't want to hear commercials. It was going to be a nice drive. And we only lived five minutes away, but I took the long way. And I had it ready, queued up, and I went upstairs, and uh, we were getting the baby ready. And I said to the nurse at the, the nurse's station, I said, you've been so helpful, and it's so nice. I so appreciate your help. And what's your name? And she said, my name's Sunshine. <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say that's a weird name, that name of your kid. But, you know, back in the 60s or 70s, it wasn't, you know. It was a nice name, and it's just Sunshine. But I said, so special, Sunshine. She's and she was so bright and cheerful, and it was a perfect name for her, you know. But I didn't expect somebody to tell me the name is Sunshine, I'm, you know. <laughs> it just caught me off guard. I said, you know, I got John Denver down in my car right now in the cassette player. <laughs> Sunshine on my shoulders is, is is ready to play, so to drive my son home from the hospital. And she, she was a, a, a sweet helper. She was a, a, a wonderful nurse. And, uh, yeah, certainly won't forget her name, because had it been anything else... I wouldn't remember her name. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, you were uh, you mentioned earlier the the, the Boston Red Sox, and um, uh, you, you you talk about in the book how you remember, and I I remember this game, I because I was a big Cincinnati Reds fan. Sorry, um, but you know Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan and Tony Perez and Pete Rose, and so that that baseball game, I had my little transistor radio with me in bed with the earplug in. And uh, of course, remember, you know, Game Six with Carlton Fisk and the the uh, the home run off the foul pole, and oh. the Red Six, and then great the great disappointment for Red Sox fans in Game Seven. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just prolonging the uh, the Babe Ruth curse, right? Well, at the time, you know, it had only been fifty-seven years. I rec- I, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that they had won. So I don't know that it was called the curse or if it was focused on as much as a curse back then. When it came to 86, when when uh, the Red Sox played the Mets and and the ball went through Bill Buckner's leg. Oh, yeah. Poor Bill. Uh, th- yeah, I think that magnified it. And that's when the curse started coming uh, heavily more, and mostly around New England people that believed they were cursed. Not, not hecklers from other teams heckling us that you're cursed it was more from the individual red sox fans that said you know we we got to be cursed this must be a curse right so right it was almost a self-imposed curse by red sox well fans. as they usually are <laughs> self yeah. f- self-fulfilling uh, so then uh, along comes 2004 and um they finally break the curse the well red- yeah in the, the spectacular fashion i wrote about uh and, uh, of course, I want to reflect back on the Rigo Stoffelone eclipse for a minute because this became a second full lunar eclipse set of coincidences. Now, the Red Sox had lost to the Yankees in the playoffs in seven games in 2003. So we're back at it again in 2004 in the same two teams in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, here we go again for Red Sox fans. And the Red Sox lose the first three games to the Yankees. So the Yankees are up three games to zip on the Red Sox. So it's it looks like embarrassment. And not only that, of course, Yankee fans are swimming in. Uh, this is, is a done deal. We got nothing. <laughs> this is They got nothing. We got this game. This is no problem. And they're so confident that they got four games. They only need to win one more. And the Red Sox have to win all four games and can't afford to lose one game. And they did it. They came back and won the first team in Major League Sports history to ever come back from being down three and zero to win four straight, unbelievable. And then they go to St. Louis and they sweep St. Louis in four games. They become the first team to ever win eight postseason games in a row. But when they broke the curse, the fourth game with St. Louis, there was a full lunar eclipse happening in the sky overhead while they broke the curse. <laughs> So that, that what I tell people is Buckner had to drop the ball. The Red Sox had to lose in 75 because if they didn't, the significance of that full lunar eclipse wouldn't have been as, as meaningful because they wouldn't have been breaking a curse. So you right, have that right. full lunar eclipse in the sky. The TV cameras keep 
panning up to it every once in a while in between innings and and such. And I, I was t- I had told my children's mother about the Ringo concert, the Full Lane Eclipse, and I'm watching the game and she's there. She, I I didn't know her at the time of the Ringo Star concert, but I told her about the Full Lane Eclipse and the Woodstock connection. And then I'm telling her, look. They're winning. It's game four. They came back from being down 3-0 to, to, to win against the Yankees. And now they're winning. And there's a full loan eclipse happening. <laughs> and we're looking out. And I could look out my window. And there's the full loan eclipse. And I look at the TV. And there's the game being played. And there's the camera shooting on the... Uh, and I have video of it. So I, I thought that was certainly uh, enough of a set of coincidences. And, and I went further. I just investigating there's never been a full lunar eclipse during a world series game ever now you know what would have would have would have put it right over the moon if kurt (laughs) if kurt schilling finally came out to the mound and sang that's the way god planned it (laughs) that would have been something wouldn't it (laughs) or jonathan papelbon or any one of them (laughs) yeah that's uh yeah, and, and I mean, you know, they didn't make it a big deal. Uh, they seemed to not want to play. I, I I took the, it seemed like sportscasters and such didn't make such a big deal out of the, the polo and eclipse as much as I thought. Maybe they should have, but they would have took something away from the team. They might have mentioned it briefly. Right, but right. But they didn't seem to make, the, make it as big a deal as I did in the book, because this is the second lunar eclipse super spectacular thing. I wasn't there, but... Uh, the world was, and we saw a curse get broken. And to have that just happen, it, in everything the way it had to happen, you had to be down three games to nothing. You had to be on the brink of elimination to be at the end of your rope. And it, it's almost like there's a meaning in that for people, you know, of inspiration. When you're that low and you're just about, you lost to the same team the year before. <laughs> so you know, how low can you possibly get? Right, and, right. You know, it was uh, Dave Roberts who, was, who, who stole second and on close play would have been, if he hadn't have been safe, would have been out and that would have been it. And, the, and it would have been, there would have been no game five. Let's that, just talk, know, yeah, we just have a little bit of time left. Let's talk about uh, another concert that you went to. Now, don't tell me you won these tickets through WLMB in Portland, Maine. No, I won this one through uh, 99.1 Frank FM in, uh, well, it's, it's in New Hampshire. I'm not sure where. It had just changed from an oldies, uh, 60s, 70s oldies channel to a new format. So I was the first person to win tickets on the new format. And if anybody wants to listen to the recording, you can go to Cosmic Coincidences, the book on Facebook. You'll see a video that has a, a, a radio on it. Just click on it, and you can hear the the, uh, the excitement in my voice. I won tickets to see Hall & Oates. That was somewhere in April of 2019. What I didn't realize it was, and this, the, the date showed up, and it's time for us to go to the concert. Me and my son are going to go see Hall & Oates, so we do. And we get there. And Hall and Oates comes out and they sing Man Eater. That's a great song. That's a song they well, that's a song they played after I won the tickets anyway. Eh, might not be one of my favorites by them, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but they sing Man Eater and and a, a concert official comes on stage and he says, I want to ask everybody in the lawn area to go in your cars. We've got to delay the concert. There's a storm coming. So we want you to all go sit in your cars where it's safe and people in the pavilion can stay. So everybody had to go everybody in the lawn area had to go sit in their cars. Forty minutes later, the concert official comes out and says, we're going to cancel the show. The show's been canceled. So Hall & Oates sang one song, Man Eater, show was canceled. So everybody's disappointed. People are complaining. Me and my son are leaving. And as we're going to our car, it starts pouring. We get soaked. Cold, rain, heavy. Wasn't We could hear thunder or lightning off in the distance, but there wasn't any around. Heavy rain. We got soaking wet. We got back to our car. Had to take our shirts off. And a couple of days later, I'm disappointed Everybody's disappointed. We were all excited and won tickets, and we didn't get to see the show. And my son says to me, I said something about the Hall and Oates concert. He said, Dad, I was watching uh, Woodstock uh, PBS special on Netflix, and it started out with August 17, 1969. There was a delay at Woodstock, four hours over four-hour delay in Woodstock because of weather. And I looked at him and I said, wait a minute, that's August 7th, are you sure? And so we ran to the TV and he put it up and there it is. I got the video on my Facebook page, if you want to see the video. August 17th, 1969, a storm came and delayed Woodstock for over four and a half hours. 
and they resume the show. 50 years later, to the day, we, I won tickets to Hall and & Oates, and we're there, and they sing Maneater. The show gets canceled, uh, delayed 40 minutes due to a storm on the exact 50th anniversary day, exactly, as the delay at Woodstock in 1969, August 17th. The Ringo Starr concert was August 16th. The Hall and Oates concert was August 17th, but they're still 50-year anniversaries. Right, exactly right. To the day. So here we have a full lunar eclipse at 1, and the 50th anniversary has a storm that was very similar. And the first time ever this concert venue had ever canceled a concert in the 23 years that they've had concerts. So that adds to the coincidence. It's not a common thing. So for it to fall on the same day as the Woodstock concert was was delayed and right uh, and and uh, these are just a uh, just a smattering of the coincidences that uh, uh, that are contained in cosmic coincidences Joe Lorendo uh, yeah. how do we get a copy of the book Joe you can get it on uh, if, uh, it's on Amazon if you put cosmic coincidences a memoir and as long as you put that in it'll come up you can also get one at my Facebook page, Cosmic Coincidences the book. That's all you need is Cosmic Coincidences the book. I have two of my latest posts there will instruct you on clicking and getting you to uh, um, to, to, uh, to purchase the book. And uh, there's, I got a special going right now. You can order one for uh, $10 cheaper than what, on Amazon. And I'll sign it. And, and if somebody would like it signed and dated and save $10, they can do that by ordering from me and I have that link there as well. We go straight to Amazon. The difference is if you order from Amazon, it's a little more expensive, but you'll get it quicker. <laughs> if you order from me, I have to wait for it to be shipped and sign it and send it out. Well, so we, have to, we don't need to support Amazon. I think I think Jeff Bezos has enough money. We can order it yeah. uh, through, through you, Joe. Last question, just a quick one. What do you think everything in this book points to? What What does it all mean? Oh, yeah, that's what it... Every story in it, just about every story has some, there's some tragedies in there that we didn't cover there's a lot of them and there's uh i would say uh there was a seven motorcycle fatality accident up here in R randolph new hampshire of june 21st of 2019 and we knew one of the people and it was one of the more horrible traffic accidents all seven people lost their lives five men and two women which was just like both space shuttle challenger and uh oh god what's the Columbia. Uh, Columbia, thank you. And uh, we knew one of the girls. So I wanted to put something in the book about it, but I didn't, it didn't have anything cosmic to it. So I said, maybe I'll put a page at the very end, like a little dedication to the people sad and all that. And as I'm doing it on the computer and I look at it, something comes up and it says, so my solstice, 2019, is June 21st. So then I thought, well, that sad story happened on some solstice, the day of summer solstice, which gave it a cosmic connection. Uh, it's a sad story, but there's a lot of sad stories in it. So I think my book is about life and death. It's about appreciating the time you have and realizing that you just can't go through life. A lot of people I've met, compulsive complainers, overprivileged, whining, unhappy, because if something doesn't go 100% to their way, they're angry and they'll get on social media and they'll complain and they waste their time, they waste their life. My book has a meaning of you need to, to appreciate your life more, appreciate others more, and understand that some of these tragedies that I documented could happen to you. So today might, might be your last. Don't expect to, to, to see next week. And if the day comes unexpectedly that you have to leave this plane, then hopefully you're going to do so with a clear conscience and that people will miss you. All right. Cosmic Coincidences. Joseph, what a pleasure. What a wonderful story. And again, uh, they can get that through your Facebook page, Cosmic yep. Coincidences. Uh, get an autographed copy, or uh, they can go through Amazon, but let's encourage them to go through Facebook and get an autographed copy. Joseph, thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. 
Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule, ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today. Coming up next time, discover the identities of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the connections between Babel, Babylon, and what's in your wallet, and the dragons who will walk the earth in the last days. Author Derek Gilbert exposes the fallen realm and the plot to ignite the final war of the ages. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>